Good evening, everybody, and welcome to the Wednesday live q and I'm your host, Kyle, and uh, it's good to be back on the live podcast again after a, a long off-season of uh, BBL cricket. So uh, I'll introduce the boys. Andy, I'll, uh, I'll bring you in first, mate. Um, I know you've had a long day and, uh, and a lot of study and, and courses, so uh, so how's that all been going for you, mate? Yeah, not too bad. My brain's sort of ticking over bit of uh, work and safety courses but I did little get a little bit scared when um, I said I was coming on early and and shoots asked if I was coming on naked but I said I didn't realize we started a talking league only fans <laughs> but um look maybe it might be some just to start with who knows <laughs> those lucky fans out there but no I'm feeling good I'm feeling good tonight lads beautiful yeah we don't want to scare her off mate so I think we'll just keep our clothes <laughs> on eh and uh shooter uh halfway through a week of leave off work mate I hope you're nice and relaxed and ready to roll bro yeah, I haven't actually worked very much lately. Eh? I've, since Christmas, I've worked two weeks. This is my fourth week off, so uh, it's been a, a nice cruisy start to the year. Ah, lucky for some, man. Lucky for some. <laughs> Beautiful. All right, lads. Well, uh, everyone watching, just get your questions in, and we'll, we'll answer them as we uh, as as where they pop up on the screen here. Um, Whilst we're waiting for some questions, we'll uh, we'll, we'll get into a few uh, Q and A here between the three of us. So we'll uh, I'll go to shooter first, mate. The Indigenous versus the uh, Maldives game coming home February eleventh in Rotorua. Um, I know you're attending, man. Who are the few players you're most looking forward to watching, mate? Yeah, me and my missus are going across, so looking forward to that. It was my my Christmas present from the missus, and leave the kids at home. Uh, so I'm I'm pretty uh, excited to see the likes of like Jermaine Hopgood and um, Hayes Perham see see how they go because eh? I imagine they'll give Hayes some some game at fullback. I don't I don't imagine he'll play a whole game there. Um, and it'll be good to see how Hopgood goes. Yeah, definitely, bro. Some of these sort of youngins that are, are, are looking to make a, a first grade debut or for their for their new teams, it's going to be pretty interesting to see how they go and and, and what sort of roles uh, they play for those um, for those two teams on show in Rotorua on February the eleventh. Mate, it should be pretty good. And uh, Andy, what about you, bro? Uh, who are you looking forward to watching in this Indigenous versus Maldives game, mate? I think um, I think everyone already knows my love interest. Oh, you were pronouncing his name wrong. I believe it's uh, pronounced Hop Gun Shoots. Um, <laughs> that's right. That's right. You, you'll get it right next time. No, I'm just hoping to see a bit of, um, just a bit of combination there. See how we see players who win first grade. He's only had the one crack, so it's really, really exciting to see them. And yeah, look, you're right. That Hayes Perham. You know, if he gets a spot at fullback and and plays well, he could be a, a great cheap pickup for us as well. So those two are, are quality, um, quality players. I want to have a look at. Yeah, definitely for sure, bro. And and for me, uh, I'm obviously looking forward to my boy Joseph Tarpany ripping up down the middle there. Hey. Uh, a bit of a love interest for me this year, man. So uh, I'm looking for him to bang it up the middle and and uh, and rock a few of those indigenous boards on his on his tough carries and and um, start looking at some of those fantasy uh, attributes that he has. So yeah, man, looking forward to it. And, and it's going to be a cracker of a game, eh? This It'd be interesting to see how old you go. Sorry, Andy. There's um heaps of unknown dudes in the indigenous team, eh? So it's heaps of like uh, Reggie's players. So it'll be interesting. But yeah, you also but- keen to see old um, Shaq and and his brother. So we got uh, obviously see how fit Latrell uh, looks as well. This is the fittest he's looks <laughs> at the start of any pre-seasons I've seen. Usually comes back with a couple of uh, donut rolls around his stomach, but definitely looks fit. So he could be uh, a good showing from him. He could work his way into a few teams. <laughs> Hey Andy, are you watching um, Grey's Anatomy in the background there? 
Nah, stop me. Your missus is watching something. <laughs> I told you to save oh. Grey's Anatomy for me when I'm watching it, all right? Can't just jump ahead a couple of episodes. Come on. <laughs> hey, um, Andy, I uh, I see the NRL's rejected the Eels' request to let uh, Mr. Matteson play, uh, play in round one, and they've told him that he has to uh, uh, sit out the first four rounds, mate. You must be filthy with that decision. Not at all. Not at all. Look, I'm sort of happy. Um, I'm, I'm happy because we get to see Hopgood and see him in that lock starting lock position. So I think he's, like I said before, he's a player who, once he gets in that position, he'll sort of lock that spot down. But to be honest, boys, tell me, has there ever been a time where you've been in the moment and you've just said or done something you've regret and you've just stuck to your guns because you're like, nah, I will put my foot in it. I'm just going to stick to it. You know, like I can understand where he came from in the day and naturally can also understand why he, uh, he tried to reverse the role. But, hey, it is what it is. It's it's sort of um, he's made his bed and you now he's sleeping in it. But now we get to see Hop done. <laughs> Yes, yeah, true. And if if Mr. Hopgood can uh, can uh, do what everyone thinks he's going to do, then he may keep that lock roll and uh, and be a real awesome cashy to to crack on with during the year and and make a bit of coin for us, eh? Hopefully, <laughs> hopefully. All right. Well, we'll get into some questions. The first question here from uh, Craig Tubby. Lads, thoughts on Aaron Clark if he gets the jewel? Andy, what are your thoughts there, bro? Yeah, I think he's a shoe in. You know, he, he showed us last year how good he was, um, especially in that lock position. So if he gets, if he gets, well, he should because it looks like he's going to start lock, isn't he? So I think Tino's locked that spot in front row. We've got Sam Verrills at that hooker. So Aaron Clark, he showed us what he can do in that lock spot. We'll see 594k average of 40 or 41 points, fantasy points. He's surely getting more than that if you start in 13. Uh, it also sort of it takes you away from spending, you know, 790k on on, a, on another hooker or or risking it with one of these cheap hookers. Like I know there's Tanner Boyd is in the same team, another option. He's a hooker half, but is also a risky play as well. Whereas you know Aaron Clark's going to get decent minutes and he's going to get decent um, tackling uh, fantasy points. So yeah, I think it's a good shout if he gets it, especially the duel. The duel. Yeah, those jewels, as we know, they're very important. So I think uh, mm. obviously going to pick up that jewel. And, and as uh, previous podcasters have alluded to, you know, the way that the draw is this year, uh, those jewel position guys are going to be real, real handy. Uh, Shooter, have you got any anything to add there, mate? Yeah, I think Andy covered it all pretty well. But uh, like in his three games starting lock last year, he averaged 51 with mm. a big 76 against the Broncos. Um and like he had eight tackle breaks against the Broncos, four against the Raiders, and I knew the one against the Storm. But um, I think I think that's promising. Uh, yeah, his, his minutes weren't huge either; they're under sixty. Um, so I think it'd be a no-brainer though if he if he gets that lock um, for his price. You're probably going to get a bit of value there, so you'd be wrong yep. probably not to. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, for sure. Yep, definitely. All right, we'll uh, we'll move on to the next one. Uh, we'll go to uh, Craig. Uh, so again, Chris McGeary, uh, lads. First question: Keep cheese at mid with Paddy and Cotter, with Robson at hooker, or two move cheese to hooker and buy <laughs> Carpenny. I'll I'll have a crack at this one, man. And obviously, with me, I <laughs> I'll go straight to uh, whack cheese into hooker, bro, and grab Tarpany. I do like cheese in the mid, though with Paddy Cotter and Robson at hooker. Uh, I've actually got Robson plugged into my uh, my hooking role with Brandon Smith in the middle uh, next to 
Joe Tuppany and Ruben Cotter. So that's where I'm lining up with my uh, starting hooker and mids. But I wouldn't I wouldn't be against having cheese at hooker and, and having Tarpany. But if you're going to have cheese at hooker, obviously you need to make sure you've got a backup hooker uh, on your bench with someone like uh, like uh, Tanner Boyd or or Aaron Clark. Uh, or even if you wanted to go two gun hookers that I've seen, one with uh, Harry Grant and Reese Robson. I have seen that combo in a team as well. Shooter, what are your thoughts, bro? Honestly, I don't really think you lose much with doing either either. It's kind of six and one, half a dozen in the other. So it's a bit hard to answer for me. Um, I do like Tarpany, but you're not losing anything if you stay with Patty and Cotter mm. and uh, Cheese in the mid. Yeah, definitely, bro. Yep, yep, yep. Fair, fair call. Uh, Andy, what about you, man? Uh, anything to add there, man? What's your thought? I, I just thought? knew you'd. I just knew you'd take that because you've seen the word tarpon and your eyes lit up. <laughs> <laughs> My eyes are being lighted up every time I see a picture of him. Look, yeah, I think you're right there. I think with Paddy and Cotter, um, there's a bit of money. I think Paddy's got some um, some money to make because he had that ACL injury and he's looking really, really um, delectable with his long hair and his double parked beers walking at the tennis, but or the cricket, or was it either way? But uh, he looked good. But uh, with Cotter Robson, they're sort of. You feel like they're going to be um, uh, they're going to be base price. You know, they're, they're not going to be making you any money, so you're buying them at top dollar. Whereas with you, if you've got cheese, at least you know cheese is going to make Highfield is going to make some coin. You know, especially with Watson mm. out, I don't think anyone's going to take too much minutes off him at hooker there. Even though people aren't thinking he's going to, not going to play eighty, but at least there's money to make there. So with cheese and yep. Patty, you've got money to make there. But with Tarpany. Yeah, and uh, you go move cheese to hooker and buy tarpony. Yeah, I, I think I'm going to go with uh, against the tarpony here. I'm going to go the the cheese and patty. Yep, that'd be yep. my for my brain. Yeah, sweet. Another one there too. Obviously, we're having uh, cheese and tarpony. Neither of them going to play Origin. There's no mid-season test, and if you plug Robson in there as well, none of those three have got any Origin commitments. So you hold all three all year would be my uh, would be my little little go there too, uh, Chris. Sweet. All right, lads, we'll move on to to uh, Mitchell Gibson and another one here on uh, Robson and Cotter. Convince me on Robson and Cotter, lads. Really keen but worried about their minutes with a pretty easy first eight rounds. We'll stay with you there, Andy. Where are you, where are you headed with that one, mate? Yeah, look, I understand about the worry, you know, especially with them being, like you said, they're fully priced. And, you know, Robson, he did score a lot of tries last year. I think, I've got, I don't know, if you yeah. want to look that up while I'm just chatting here? But he scored plenty of attacking stats, so it's going to be very hard to keep that up. So, again, is Robson starting at top dollar? Could you look elsewhere and get a cheaper hooker there? But you know if you do pick them, they're going to be quality hooker. And, Rob, like you mentioned, alluded to the last question there, Kyle, Robson, <laughs> do you think they're not going to choose Cook for – New South Wales Origin, you know, if, if that's the case, Robson may give a chance, but I don't mm. think Robson's playing um, Origin. And you, like I said, you get that easy eight rounds. So I think Robson's a good pick there, especially with Cotter as well. Like I think Cotter's cemented himself into that team and he's that little bull terror who loves his good minutes. And I think mm. like Cotter's a player that he'll get up here if, if you ask him to come off the field. So yeah, <laughs> I think <laughs> I understand the worry there, but I still think you can't go wrong by setting your team with a good two, two good quality players and they're going to actually score some decent points. So yeah, yeah. I I see the worry, but I think you can be you can reassure yourself saying that they'll actually be good scorers. 
Yeah, funny you talk about those tries, uh, Andy. His try, try strike weight was only 0.3. He did score. He did seem to score a lot of tries last year, yeah. but it was only 0.3. So I actually thought it was a bit more than that, to be fair, but it's a lot lower than I anticipated. So possibly if yeah. he crosses a little bit more even this year, we know he loves those darts from dummy half and in close, so he could possibly hit that again, maybe even a bit more, especially considering that sort of soft first sort of eight rounds. He had a run in the middle of the season where he scored four four games in a row, but he only scored seven tries over the whole season. Mm, um, yes, yeah, yep, true that. I, I wouldn't be worrying about minutes at the start of the season, to be honest. If I'd be worrying about that at the back end, mm. but I don't think I don't think they're going to reduce minutes too too much um, at the start of the season. Yeah, true. Well, uh, Toddy Payton will probably be wanting to really get his boys firing out, running out hard the first, you know, first half of the season so I, I can't see them sort of wanting to chop Robson out and look who their backup hooker is Jake Granville who would want him on the park to be fair might not even make the 17 so yeah yeah well, well let's let's hope for us if, if he doesn't then Robson's a pretty good pick I say yeah yep I suppose, also with, with the Cowboys I feel like you know last this year or last year they had a very young team and took them a while to actually develop but this year they got that mm. the full team in pre-season they know who's starting where so yep I feel like there could be an, another good run this this year. So yeah, I think any Cowboys player could be good. Yeah, yeah, for sure. As I said, and their late their late uh, buy. I mean, their buy schedule is fairly good as well. So I think uh, I think Robson and Cotty, you can't go wrong if you've got both. To be honest. So Mitchell, I hope that's answered your question, mate. Uh, we'll move on to Hens Kalolo, Lockie Miller. Buy or a trap? Now this is one that everyone has been talking about. People think he's a buy. People think he's a trap. Paddy loves him. TK, not so much. A few of us here have sort of gone off him. Uh, Shooter, what are your thoughts on Lockie Miller, mate? TK only doesn't love him because he feels hurt. <laughs> but um, <laughs> on, on based on his average, at, like in his however games he's had, one, two, three, four, about six games, he's yep. severely underpriced at the moment. Um, but he has come from a he has come from a good team to uh, sorry Patty a fairly average team, and yeah. um, so I don't know at his price I don't think there's much too much risk there. Uh, I think you could start off with him and he's probably do we know what his BE is? Uh, uh, no, I don't have it off the top of my head. I don't think it's too, it's not high. I don't think it's, it's uh, his break even is 20, 29. 29. So he's going to get that, he's going to get that easily. Um, I wouldn't I wouldn't be too worried about it. I I don't think he's a trap. I think if you don't have him, he could be one of those ones you don't pick up like a few people did with Targo and um, who else was it? There's a few Nate. last year. Yeah, and didn't pick mm-hmm. them up and then sort of got left behind. <laughs> Chasing them around I, too, eh? I did that. <laughs> I, I think the only sort of worry there is is, you know, there's been a lot of talk with this Bailey Hodgson, you know, Corby's ex-love interest of uh, 2022. Um, where Bailey having a first crack. I don't think it's been on a podcast recently that they're saying Bailey might get the first crack. And, you know, Lockie's no spring chicken. You know, he, he's come from Union and he's only, I think he's 28 years old. You know? yeah. So, like, starting starting a full season in at fullback and where he's just gone over, you know, like that's, he still needs to get a bit of preseason with him as well. So, the only, yeah, the only worry there is, you know, does he stay there full full time? Does the Ponga experiment not 
not going to work out. Mm-hmm. They'll just go back. So it, it, I can see why people wouldn't think he's a buy, but I can also see why, why people think he's a trap. And, you know, he, he's, he's been in and out of my team um, multiple times and it won't end until the <laughs> until the first game against Parramatta versus, uh, uh, I think it's Newcastle, no, no, it's Paramount Storm. But, uh, yeah, so I'm not too sure with him. But um, at the moment, I've, he's in my team only because I think he's going to start. If he starts, there's value there, I think. Mm. Yeah, a lot of people cool. are putting a lot of people are putting a lot of emphasis on their podcast with Jackson Hastings, probably yep. a little bit unfairly, I think, because it was before Miller was officially announced as a signing. So I don't know what what the deal was there. Like you can't just go out and say a player at the Sharks is going to be the starting fullback. So yeah, good I'd point. Say, yeah, I'd mm. say I'd say he'd be locked. Eh? Lock in for fullback, not lock the position. Lock 13. Just pretty small <laughs> <here>, Kurt <laughs> <laughs> So uh so Hens, bro, uh, I think he's a buy by what these guys have said. I think he's a trap. Ooh, I like it. The opposing view. This one here from uh from Joseph Smith, lads. If Gilbert gets sixty minutes at lock, can't go wrong. Well, to start with, he's He's interesting. He hasn't been fantasy relevant for 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 last season anyway. That the Cowboys, he probably didn't get the minutes he probably needed. But if he's getting sixty minutes at lock and he's a dual position, I'll I'll have a little bit of a look at him uh, in a second. But yes. uh, he could be a little sneaky. Uh, Andy, what are your thoughts on on so Tom Gilbert, mate? Above sixty minutes, his average here is forty six point six. But before those last two games, he had twenty seven and forty three. But before that, he had fifties and sixties. So look. Again, he's got preseason there. If he's starting there at lock, I know they've got Ray Stone there. This, this is the Dolphins. I know he's got Ray. They've got Ray Stone there, who is a, a very, very handy bench lock slash hooker. So um, he might be able to take a few minutes for him. But there's no guarantee about his minutes. But I think he's break even 39. So I think he's currently in my team purely because I think he's going to start lock, and I think he, he should get minutes. But um. Yeah, it's just those uns- one of those uncertainties um, that you don't know. But he was one of the first picked in the Dolphins team, wasn't he? Which it seems to me it's a good sign, he, you know. Like they, yeah, they he was, chose him. Was yeah, he was him? one of the early picks. Yeah, yeah. So that's a good indication that they, you know, that he was one of their first, or he's just the first one that said yes. <laughs> so <laughs> not too sure about that. But yeah, I, I feel like he's in my team. I feel like if you can guarantee sixty plus minutes, then he's at lock, a lock at lock. Nice. Nice. Ryan Nelson, a good old Kiwi soccer name there, Ryan. Uh, thoughts on Marnie as a cheap hooker option. Now, this is this is an interesting one. Not many people have spoken about Reed Marnie uh, in, 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 his, in his start at the Dogs. Now, look, um, there's not really a lot of competition for him there at the Dogs. And, and we know that he did play the 80 minutes uh, for the Eels in the past few seasons. Um, on a, on multiple occasions, uh, I think his average off the top of my head was around sort of that high 40. So probably not not elite, but not a bad option if, if you wanted to go a little bit uh, left field. Shooter, what are your sort of thoughts here on Reed Marnie, bro? I carried him most of last season and he disappointed me uh, many, many times. Um, I'm, not, I'm not opposed to it. He averaged 46.1 last year. Um, and I imagine he'll play close to 80, he played 80 more than he didn't last year. Um, he does like a, a lot of tackles and he also loves a missed tackle. He averaged, he averaged 3.3 missed tackles a game last year. Um, he didn't have much of a running game and his kicking game was mid. 
So I don't know. It's in the in a new team. You could probably watch his possibly watch his price maybe come down a little bit. He might be a three date rule. Pick him up later. Closer to origin. Not gonna get picked. Dead to me, bro. He's dead to me. Get him out of your team. (laughs) (laughs) So, Ryan, I hope we've answered your question there, mate. We're sort of neither here nor there. Uh, But I think the general consensus out of between the three of us, he's probably just uh, might just want to leave him alone, bro. Uh, Another one here from Craig. Uh, Could you see Daniel Saifidi being a sneaky pod? Now, he's been a a little bit injury-affected in the last couple of years, and a little last year his his performances did show that being picked for origin in 21 and then sort of being a bit injury-plagued last year. Uh, I have looked at him, and and his his average uh, when playing around that 50-odd minutes is is, uh, mid-40s by my memory. Uh, I have now removed him, but I'll have a look at some stats there for you, um, Craig, and, and get back to you. Um, Andy, your thoughts on, on Daniel Saifidi? Do you think he might be a, a sneaky option, mate? Oh, look, definitely. Um, look, I think there's at least at least seven points value there. He's, his break-even is 38. Uh, and the, pro- the projection we have at Talking League is 44 to 46. And that's purely because of the fact, you know, David Clemmer has left. There's a leadership spot that's there for the, for the Knights. And here's a stat for you which is not really that surprising with the uh, night seasons, but never played a winning season. 33% winning record. That's, I don't know if that's going to change change this year, but uh, who knows? But I feel like the loss of Clemmer is a massive um, stamp up for him. You know, he was overtaken by Jacob, his brother, uh, yes. last year. But, you know, he, mm. he, might, he might come back and he might come good. You know, he's only 26 years old, so uh, I still think he's got a bit of experience in um, in NRL, and yeah, I feel like the loss of Clement will be a major factor for him. So yeah, I think he's a buy in my opinion, five hundred forty-five k with uh, seven points, um, uh, seven points of value there. So yeah, yeah, nice, nice, definitely a pod. Yeah, I just, I just having a look at some stats here, boys. Um, fifty whenever he plays over forty minutes, so he got a, a average forty-one point one, and that averages out at fifty-one minutes. So, so the PPM's not too bad. Um, and I think he'll probably get a few more minutes, as you said, with Clemmer gone. So, I don't think he can go wrong, and it's not a bad little option there, Craig. Shooter, you got anything to add there, mate? Yeah, like you guys have said, Clemmer and Barnett have gone. So mm. the Saifedi twins are mm. the like. Next in line for leadership, you know, um, and that fullback. We, pre- we won't go call them the Bash Brothers, but yeah, we'll see. Uh, no, that can only be called if you're a warrior, Andy. But uh, <laughs> and uh, and like when you brought up that winning percentage, I reckon Paddy has probably just thrown his phone through the computer or something. <laughs> Condolences, Paddy. I'm sorry. Sorry for opening up old wounds. <laughs> <laughs> so, Craig, mate, yeah. Uh, Jump on Dan Saifidi and uh, and see where he takes you, mate. Nice little pod to start off with. Uh, Shooter, we'll go to you for this one. This is from Brett. Obviously, we know what the Warriors' um, uh, makeup is, but who who are you pretty certain the 5'8 will be to Mighty Martin, bro? We already pretty much know it is, but pretty well locked in, eh? Uh, well, it seems to be to Mighty Martin, though I did notice Jazz said on the uh, Kiwi... I uh, can't, can't remember the name that off the top of my head. NRL Sorry, show. Yeah, yeah, the Kiwi yeah. NRL uh, podcast. He um, did an interview on there, a really good interview with the boys, if you go and give it a listen to that. Um, that he he said, well, I don't know, it could be could be Tamari or it could be Luke Metcalf. So who knows? But 
early uh, early money, you'd have to say dollar sixty favorite would be uh, Tamari Martin, and and um, well, I imagine that's how it'll go. But being the Warriors, if if things aren't going well, you could see a few chopping changes either. They're not lacking depth in the halves with old Ronnie Volkman, Luke Metcalf, Tamari, um, Wade Egan's even filled in there a few times. Tohu Harris, <laughs> one of the best best halves to ever play. Flutching. <laughs> I'm going to stay quiet here. I'm outnumbered by you two. Yeah. <laughs> stay quiet in your corner there, Andy. So, Brett, mate, looks like it's going to be to Mighty Bro and then uh, possibly Luke Metcalf if there's any problems here with the Mighty at the six, man. Uh, Nathan Sheaf. Now, here's a good one here. Menial Holmes have, will have the hammer in whichever position I don't go with. Uh, not a bad option there. Not many people have talked about Nick Meany and looking with uh, with Ryan Pappenhaus and out for looking like uh, a little while until he thinks he's ready, which tells me it's going to be not going to be uh, a quick uh, Meany at fullback. Isn't a bad isn't a bad shout. Um, his average at fullback last year 45. when he played forty five. So to be fair, uh, that's not too bad, uh, and I think. Uh, between him and, and Munster, there could be a little hybrid role gun on there, like what they did last season with uh, with Munster pushing up an attack and Meany at the back, and then in the defence, uh, Meany up in the up in the line with with Munster at the back, just to to uh, take those kicks and those kick returns that we know how good as tackle busting and and uh, ball returns are. So I think yeah, Meany's not a bad shout though, but I'd probably go with Holmes all day. You know, you don't you can keep him right through into Origin, and uh, yeah, I think uh, Holmes is probably a better lock there than than what uh, Nick Meany is at the Storm. Andy, what about you, man? You sort of same same line there? Yeah, on the same purely because you know we know how terrible that centre position is. You know, if you can lock down a gun centre, even if let's just say if you predict Meany to score two points higher. I still, you've still got to, you've still got to put a, another center in that position. You know, you've still got two spots. I know you got Valentine Holmes in, in one of them, but you still got another center spot you need to fill. You know, if you can lock down a, you know, a 41, 43, 44 average within Valentine Holmes, then like you said, I feel like the the Cowboys are going to have a better season this year. And um, when you're saying that Meany takes on that um, different monster role. How, Valentine Holmes has got that um, turbo role from Origin. You know, he was yeah. Roman, so they've given him free roam. And, you know, what, what more than having a full mad free season and, and a more confident team to sort of play with? You know, we've got Ruben Cotter, a bit more experienced. We've got Reese Robin cementing himself in the in a hooker position. So, yeah, Valentine mm. Holmes for me. Yep, nice. Nice. Timmy, you got anything to add there, bro? Are you pretty much of the uh, of the same agreement as Andy and myself? Yeah, I think I think I agree with you guys pretty well. I just do want to say in our team previews last year, we previewed um, the Cowboys, and I said Holmes was going to be a good pick, <laughs> and everyone laughed at me. And we saw we saw how the season went. So who's your who's your bold prediction this one then? Go on, Sean Johnson. <laughs> I knew it. I knew He's it. in and out of my team purely because of you. <laughs> Just watch. Uh, no, I love it. Love it. So, Nathan, I hope that answers your question, bro. I think we're all in agreement that Holmes is the is the pick there, mate. Uh, so the Talking League textbook's out now, guys. The 180 pages of detailed analysis of all 17 teams, 391 player profiles, by schedules, positional ratings, narratives, and dribble. 
1995 with 20% of that guy in a bowel cancer Australia. So an amazing way to help those in need. Um, so get over to talkingleaguepod.com and, and grab one today. Um, and thank you to all those that have purchased a copy. It's really much, much appreciated. And, and, and as I said, just gone to a really, really good cause. Also, another little announcement. Uh, TK has decided to make a trip over to New Zealand uh, March the 26th. Uh, for the Bulldogs game, and uh, myself and Tim will, will be joining him there. Uh, we're going to have a bit of a, uh, a meet and greet at a, at a bar called the Garrison's uh, Pub, uh, oh, Garrison's Public House, and that's that's at Sylvia Park in Auckland. You can't miss it. It's right next to the car park, um, and that's going to be from, from 12 p.m., um, and they're going to look to start the podcast from about 1,300 with a live podcast, and there's going to be a couple of guests that are that, that can't be named yet. Um, we're still locking them in, but uh, it would be awesome to meet you guys, all those Kiwis over there that are possibly uh, up in, uh, down in Auckland that are that are coming to the game and want to pop in for a quick beer and, and, a, and a bit of a bit of a laugh and, and spin a few narratives. So it'd be awesome to see you guys uh, there on the on the 26th um, before the Bulldogs game that starts at four o'clock. Timmy and I are really looking forward to it. I know TK is as well. Sound like so you might have had a few uh, beers at the garrison just then. Before that, call. Yeah, oh man, I, I couldn't even. I couldn't. I couldn't read my own writing for some reason. Jeez, it's shocking. Just too excited, I reckon. I, I wish oh, I was yeah. there. But it sounds. Yep. It sounds amazing. The, le- the levels have already gone through the roof, man. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll get on to the next one from uh, Lewi Gilbert, uh, Ponger and Boyd or Hastings and Hammer. Also, who has the most value out of Katoa, Liero, and Mitch Dunn? We'll start with you there, Shooter. What are your sort of thoughts on the Ponga, Boyd, Hastings and Hammer one, man? Uh, based on Ponga's preseason, even though they're saying that he will be fit to go for round one, I would be going Hastings and Hammer. Or if you could make like Hastings and Boyd work or something like that, I don't know. But I'm, I'm not keen on Ponga. Eh? His injuries are getting worse. There's something coming out the other day about his head injuries, um, how many concussions he's had and... There's lots mm. of fear for his for his like long term um, head health. Yeah, like, yeah. He's like he's probably it, a couple of head injuries away from having to sit out like a season or something. Yeah, oh, it was it was tw- not that keen oh. on them. Sorry, sorry, Timmy. It was twelve HIAs in two seasons. Geez, that's yeah. a lot. And that was that was the latest report from Brian, the NRL physio, saying yeah, twelve uh, head knocks in in the two seasons, which that's bloody, that's up around those, you know, that, that's, that can't be too good for him. And, and, and plus the other injuries he's had. Uh, yeah. I don't think, I don't think we want to go near Ponga too, too quickly. Andy, what are your Love thoughts it. on Mr. Ponga? I know Pat probably would strongly be disagreeing and, and, and turning, uh, you know, I don't think he'd be too happy with the comments that we've just made on his boy. I've had one concussion that last me for about 20 years. So, um, look, <laughs> I, can de- I can tell you it's definitely affected me now. Uh, I- I'm definitely off the Ponga train. I- I'd rather go the Hastings and Hammer. You know, I feel like there's um, there's still potential there. You know, Hastings looking like he's, you know, he pretty much got the reins at, at, at um, uh, the kicking reins at um, Knights there. But especially, it's it's also the other double edged sword. You know, you've got, if Ponga goes out, who's taking most of the. Um, the reins there, mm. Hastings is. Mm. You know, Hastings got the, the more. Uh, he's got more consistency in his game, so I think there's value there. Although, like you said, shoots, you'd like to have Boyd as well because he's if he's going to be the seven at Titans. Though, how long is, gonna, is he going to be the seven? Yeah, with yeah, the uh, Katoa, uh, Loyero, and Dunn. Uh, I'm, I'm thinking I'm going to go your X 
Warriors boy there with Katoa. Mm. If he can yep. lock down that edge spot, the Storm. If from memory, I'm pretty sure um, they the Storm love playing 80 minute edges. So yep. if he can get yep. 80 minutes on the edge here at Storm, you know it, the Storm are a very quality team. So you know I'm pretty mm. sure Bellingham will get him um, run on lines and playing the role that he wants. So yeah, I think Katoa yep. is probably the best there. Yeah. What about a quick one here for you, Andy? Play one, bench one, cut one out of Katoa, Liero, and done, man. Play Katoa, cut. Oh, it's just going to be a flip of the coin here. I'm going to say cut, done, <laughs> cut, done, and bench Loyetto. Yep, that would be my way too. What about you there, uh, Shooter? Katoa, Liero, done. Play one, uh, bench one, cut one, man. Uh, yeah, I'm thinking the same. Play Katoa. Oh, on that, I'd go bench, done, cut, lawyer. Yep. Nice. Ooh, sweet. So, uh, Lee, I hope that answers your question, bro. Stay away from Ponga, mate. He will hurt you and go for Katoa. Come down to uh, Tiaki Hoani Tai Taiawa. Hey, boys, are you three dating the likes of CNK, Hamiso, or Piram? And they have always been hot or cold. Are they a hype that everyone is expecting? Shooter, where's your uh, where you lie there, Brian? He does make a good point. Like, um, they are they do run hot and cold. Uh, I won't say like my misses, but they do run hot and cold. Um, oh, I've lost my train of thought. Um, but they're so cheap that you can't really go wrong if they're going to be starting. You, they're going to be decent little cash cows. So, at least having maybe two of the three, you could um survive quite comfortably with. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just a quick one there too. Obviously, the three fullbacks. Obviously, as I talked about with my Xavier Savage player and focus that will come out in the next couple of days, all fullbacks have off days, so they're not always going to be as consistent as the likes of Teddy and, uh, and uh, only Teddy, really. So all fullbacks are going to have inconsistent weeks, mate. So it's a bit of a flip of the coin for all three, to be fair. But out of those three, I'd probably take uh, Chance. I think he's a little bit more proven at the back there. Andy, what are your thoughts, Brian? Uh, look, I'm against you with the chance. Hey, look, I think Walshy was, to, to be fair, I think uh, Walshy is a better fullback than CNK for fantasy wise. I feel like yep. he scores more. So CNK yeah, yeah, coming yeah. to the team, I don't think CK, CNK delivers and scores and outscores big Walshy boy, pretty boy Walsh. So uh, I think you're right with three dating CNK. Um, Param, he's just that cheap, you know, and mm. I, I, I feel like it's hard not to get him in your team, but you, you are right, you know, what it happens if the first game they lose by 40 and then bang, they chuck in Avrilo again. So you mm. can pretty much write traps for the two of them. But I think with the Hammer, he's still going to score moderately okay, whatever position he plays. So out of yep. those three, I think Hammer so is probably the most safest bet. Yeah, fair, bro. So uh, Tiaki, it's a bit of a flip of the coin, bro. Um, but, yeah, we're probably – Maybe locking in uh, an order of Hamaso, CNK, and Piram just for a bit of job security, I guess. Next one we'll go. Uh, now, here's an interesting one from Glenn Pickles. Joe Chan worth a go. By the way, some good moustache representation going on here. I'm, I'm trying, boys. I, I had a shave a few days ago, so mine's taken a little bit to come back. But yeah, Shooter and Andy are, are cranking. Uh, Shooter, what are your thoughts there, bro, on Joe Chan, man? Uh, from. The little that I've seen in the Super League, he looks like he's going to go really well, but uh, I, I don't believe that he'll get a starting edge just yet. I reckon he'll be in the, probably be in the 17, but I don't know. It's hard, like honestly, you don't have we don't have the numbers in that 
to tell what he, how he's going to go in the NRL. We're seeing plenty of um, guys come over from the Super League and not go so well. But um, more often than not, the Fords go go pretty good. And he's uh, he is actually uh, I think I think he's a Kiwi. Eh? His old man was a Kiwi. Yeah, bro. Yeah, it was. Yes. Yep. That's his old man. Um, Kiwi. So he's he's probably pretty hard. Not like these Aussie guys. <laughs> Ouch. Yeah, soft as butter, they say. All right, well, we'll move on, lads. We'll uh, we'll skip, skip a couple here. We'll go down to one of the friends of the show, Brenton Vickery. Tarpany or Haas? Haas is a proven keeper and Tarpany offer career. Yeah, Andy, I'll let you start with this one, mate. What are your thoughts? Tarpany uh, or Haas? I th- I think this is quite easy. I know Haas probably has the highest ceiling in, in years of late, but I just still think that off-season um, drama, it, it's really – it's hanging over my head. I, I don't know how much how, how he would be feeling, the poor fella. But, yeah, I'd say Tarpany there. You know, Tarpany showed how good he was last year. I feel like he – we all knew how good Tarpany was in 2021, but Ricky just wasn't playing him and then took him a yep. while for him to sort of get his minutes. And then when he started showing how good he was, he, he stayed in the field and he, he had the X factor. Like, you know, when, as soon as he t- went from the edge to back to the prop and then cemented his spot there, he really, really showed us his sort of skill. So I think it's Tarpany for me. And yeah, Haas, unfortunately, he can um, maybe if he finds his form mid- mid-season, maybe, but yeah, not for the start of the year. Mm-hmm. So Brenton locking uh, the big Kiwi enforcer, bro. Tarpany actually got better minutes when his missus complained on Instagram. <laughs> she did. She did that that other season when she told Sticky that um that he her husband was far better than what Sticky thought, and then so he decided to give him more minutes. And I think she was right on this occasion. I might get my missus like to one pull, of up, pull up my boss. Give some more pay. <laughs> uh, this one here for you, shooter from Sean Doyle, near Cora at the Warriors. What's everyone's thoughts? Is he a pod? Or is he not going to get the minutes that he needs to put the scores on the board? No, I, I think he – like, I was pretty keen on him uh, when everyone could get on the fantasy app. Um, it sounds like him and him and Mitchie Barnett are going to play, like, a hybrid role, so they'll sort of chop and change, like, who's in the middle, who's on the edge. Um, mm. I think you'll see him get mid-50s to 60 minutes. I, th- I, th- I reckon he's a pod. I, I – don't have the numbers on me at the moment, but I worked out his price, and I think he's a little bit underpriced. Um, so, yeah, I'm pr- I'd probably be tempted on him. I don't know if I'll start with him. Maybe three data and see how the Warriors use him. Um, but he's going to get a starting edge, uh, or if not, it'll be between him and Barney. One of them starts in the middle. One of them starts on the edge, and uh, you can't really go wrong. Yeah. Yep. No. Fair call. All good, bro. We'll. Uh... I'm going to go to a question that I missed here uh, from Adam Jennings, someone that has not been spoken about at all. Mm. Thoughts on Jack Wyden. Now, I've done the Raiders preview, and I don't mind Jack Wyden. Him and Jamal Fogarty seem to look to look like they've got a really, really good combo going there, and we saw that from round 12 onwards last year when, when Fogarty came back, and both of them just clicked into gear really, really nicely. Now, his average uh, at 5'8", uh, for his career, uh, of 48. Now, when you look at other halves, I think, you know, what's Jack White's starting price? I can't remember off the top of my head. It's low. It's 600, uh, 6 6 7, six, six, oh, seven. okay. Yep, yep. Um, but last year, he averaged what uh, at 5'8", 
was 46.7. I do love Whiten and I do love his running game and his aggression with the ball in hand and, um, you know, and the way he breaks tackles. But I just think this year, Adam, I just think you've got to probably steer away from him. I think there's better value elsewhere, even in his partner, if you wanted to pay another 100. Oh, if you wanted to go over to Jamal Fogarty, I think he'd probably be a better option than than Jack White. And I just feel Wayne's probably going to lose a few kick meters this year. Uh, now that now that Fogarty's fully fit, I think he's going to take a little bit more of the kicking on. So I think White could regress slightly uh, in the way of dropping the kick meters. Andy, what are your thoughts here on, on Jack White? And man, is he a, is he a goal, or do you think he probably get a value in the halves and and in and other halves? Yeah, look, I like the fact that you know I feel like he might. Um score better than last year you know, by a couple of points here and there, you know, two or three points. But I don't know. I just feel like there's a bit more value, you know. Like I think you're right there. We, with Fogs, you know, with the goal-kicking half, you know exactly you're going to get, get at least some goal kicks from uh, from tries or some actual kick meters, you know. I don't think from looking from um, uh, Whiten's kick meters, it's roughly uh, 283 kick meters, but I feel like Fogarty's yeah. a pretty dominant kicker. So I feel yep. like Fogarty might, might take more ownership on that, which is probably takes more points off Whiten. But um, yeah. Uh, yeah, I just feel, see myself looking at either cheapies or actual proper or maybe five, six or seven points value players, you mm, know, and, mm, and try and get mm, the value there instead of just going to the consistent. But look, it's a good shout, you know, if you, if you want a consistent half and uh, in, in Whiten, I can see some sort of theory in, in picking him, but I'm looking for more value. That's best for where I'm looking Yep, sweet. We'll go down. Uh, we're running out of time. Ads probably answer uh, three or four more questions, and then that'll be us for the night. We're we're uh, running out of time fairly quickly. I got a I got a good one here from Yaj. Uh, Yaj Sarah, I think Hastings gets his pre ankle injury kick meters back. Went from four hundred to one hundred and fifty after the injury, and the run meters dropped as well. Uh, now, I was having a read of the NRL physio article today, actually, on Jackson Hastings, and, and he feels that he's he's pretty well over that that uh, ankle injury or that foot injury that plagued him last year and, and thinks that he's going to be a really good option this season and that his kick meters will come back back to where they were uh, at the Tigers. So, And I think, uh, as I said, the Knights aren't really going to be that strong this year, so I think he's going to have to really rely on his, on his long kicking game to get them out of trouble uh, quite often this season. So I think... Uh, I think he will get them back, and and I, I trust what the NRL physio says. He's generally on the on the mark with uh, with most of his predictions. So I, I think he he gains uh, he gets back a lot of those kick meters this season. There, uh, uh, Yaj. I will go down. <laughs> Eddie. He's all, while you're looking, he's sort of the player who I'd probably pick over White and purely for for the potential value. You know, he's projected. 51, 52, you know, which is, and his break even's 45. So he's mm. even cheaper than Whiten. So you save 30, 20 to 30 uh, K that, and you, and he's got a better predicted score. So that's a player that I'm sort of picking over one. He's going to run the team, right? So it's, it's uh, yeah. looking, looking better. Mm. All right. Well, uh, we'll answer three more questions, guys, and then we'll, uh, we'll call that a night. One here from uh, Jason Bramley. With news of Bateman playing right edge, does this open the door for Big Stefano to start alongside Clemmer and offer staying at lock? If so, my narrative him being a screaming by despite the competition for minutes. So what are our thoughts here on Big Stefano, Andy? There's been a few few rumours going around that he may start, but uh, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see where he slots in and what sort of minutes he gets. There's a lot of big forwards there to, to feed, so it'd be interesting. What do you think, bro? Yeah, look, if you give the... um. 
give the Gussie and TK Tigers pod a, a listen. They they they're pretty high on him. Yeah, you know, he he did make a bit of coin for us in twenty twenty one. You know, he was that player that we all picked and said this is the next big Haas. You know, <laughs> he, he did play a couple of games like Haas, but then yeah, last season with less forwards, he sort of got less minutes. But I don't know. It's hard for me to sort of go and and say he's a screaming buy when you've got so many quality players coming. You know, you got Isaiah Papali'i coming. You've got um, Bateman coming across, you got Clemmer coming across with the three big minute forwards. Still got Joe Offer there, you still got Alex File there, and you've got Sean Bloor who's apparently coming back from injury. So I don't know where the, all these players are fitting. So you know, if Bateman's playing at lock, um, I don't think I, I can't see Bateman playing on the edge, especially with IPAPS there being, you know, he was the Dally M edge of edge player of the year. So I mm. don't know if anyone can not can pip him out of his spot, but um, yeah, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't find the love for Stefano, unfortunately. Yeah, maybe just three data, mate. If he does start, just have a yeah. look. Don't, don't jump in straight away. Just three date and see where he goes because he could he could start off the bench in round three and you've started what, him in the round first two rounds. What, you know? what was it? Because he was injured last year. What was his What was his injuries? He had a, uh, a high ankle well, he, sprain. Yeah, so he played the first three games and then didn't play till round nine. And then he had minimal start off the bench from then. So, yeah, he had minimal yep. minutes. Yep. But he's 396k. Like, I suppose, what's the trials? If he's starting prop, then, yeah, I can understand a reason to pick him. But mm. even then, you don't know where Bateman's going to line up during the, uh, yep. the start of the season. So it's it's a tough mm. one. I've definitely had him in around my team, eh? Just because just of his price, he's easy to slot in. If he starts, I'll probably be pretty keen on him, I think. Yep. Sweet. i got one here for you there, uh, Shooter. Thoughts on Wade Egan? I'm personally very high on him. This year, getting better each season. Great running game now behind a better pack that should get some good go forward to bring his game to another level. What do you think, Shooter? I know you're fairly high on him and you you got a little player in focus uh, uh, article coming out on him pretty soon. Yeah, I'm the president of the Wade Egan fan club. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I honestly think... Matches it. I, I honestly... Um, I, I, just by the way, I joint do that with the president of the Manu Vatuvai fan club also. Um <laughs> No, I, I honestly reckon Wade Egan, if he was in a better team, he'd be a top five hooker. Like you hear all this talk about him, how like Harry Grant loves his um deceptiveness around the rock. Last year he'd make all these like little line breaks and um he just his running meters have gone up about ten meters every year on average. Just like his average line break uh, his average meters, sorry. Um he just needs a kicking game and he'll he'll have it all. Um I what what Crichton has said, I 100% agree with. He's behind a better forward pack. Um, I am almost tempted to go with start with Wade Egan at hooker this year, but I don't know if that'll cost me or not. So I'm a little bit scared. <laughs> that, that could right. be your pick. That could be your Valentine Holmes pick from 2021. Wade Egan. Be. Well, I, I have said it, and everyone just laughs at me in the group chat. I'm not laughing. <laughs> I'm, I'm the uh, what do you say? I'm the the co-captain of your uh, of your presidents of your club. Of your Egan. Penrith would have won three grand finals if they kept Egan instead of just two. <laughs> Turn, it Turn it up. So, Crichton on those words by Timmy, mate, lock them in for a start on your 13. <laughs> right, we've got one more question here uh, from Luke Adams. Brayley and Burton or Robson and Hastings thoughts on Brayley and back three of Xavier Savage, Suwali and Miller. Choose one of those back three. And then the first uh, first uh, query there, Brayley, Burton or Robson Hastings. Uh, Andy, I'll let you take this one away, man. 
Geez, that's a tough one, hey, because I do like the points value from Hastings. Um, and look, I'm leaning towards Robson and Hastings, but geez, Matt Burton excites me. Mm. That left edge just it, with kick out there. And you know how Matt <clears> Burton <throat> loves to demand a bit of detention and, and run those lines um, on that left edge. Imagine kick out drawing defenders and then Matt Burton just sits, you know, passing through with them to top that. Is Adokar on on the on the wing as well? Oh, so yeah. that's so man. dangerous, and especially with, with this second season that we can see from Bulldogs coming. So that that's why I love Burton so much. But yeah, you know, there's value there, but he's very expensive. I think he's like seven hundred and seventy k, whereas yeah, yes. Hastings is a little bit cheaper. You know, he's mm. six forty, uh, and and also you've got Robson, who's that uh, that hooker we we're talking about earlier in the podcast. But um, about him being so uh, consistent, you know, like. Only seven tries last year. I thought there was more, but yeah, I feel like the Cowboys going to have a better season. Um, Braley, he's the uncertain one from the Knights as well. So yeah, I don't know. That's a tough one. I'm going to have to go Robson Hastings purely because mm-hmm. of the uh, consistency. But yeah, you yeah. really, really tossed me. I'll let. Oh, beautiful. Uh, Shooter, I'll let you answer that second part, mate. What do you uh, choose one out of Xavier Savage, Soilie, and Lockie Miller, bro? What are your thoughts there, man? Obviously, Ooh. we touched on Lockie Miller earlier. Jesus, it's a hard one. Um, I currently have all three of them in my team. Um, but if you had to choose one, I'm pretty big on Suwali uh, this year. Mm. With that, if yep. he's going to play on the left, that must be like one of the best left edges the NRL would have ever seen. Like imagine defending him and Daniel Tupo. Oh, how do you? <laughs> yeah, and that's, then that's pretty insane. And, and yep, Joey Marnie's probably running over from the right as well. Yeah, sweeping and going that way. Yeah, definitely. Nah, it's a good shout. I I, I quite like Sueli. I'm I'm slowly warming to him. I don't have him in yet, but I am warming to him just for the fact that if he gets that centre jewel, oh, he's that's going to be pretty handy, man. And, you know, straight into that centre position for me if he gets that centre jewel round one. Hmm. He's only 498k, you know, when he was mm. break even to 34. With the Roosters, you know, favoured to win the comp. That's what I'm, my pick's the Roosters to win the comp, and yep. yeah, he'll, he'll be a major factor. Yep, yep. That's my narrative as well, apart from uh, Joseph Tarpany. I think Roosters get the minor premiership and the and the crown this year, to be fair. All right, lads, and uh, that, that's it for, for Wednesday Q&A. Thanks to everyone that's uh, put their questions in. If there's any uh Burning questions that that we haven't we haven't answered. I'll jump on the on the um, Facebook after this and have a look and, and answer a few others that we haven't answered. So um, have a good night, everyone, and we'll uh, we'll catch you in the next team profiles and uh, the next Q and A next Wednesday. And just remember Saturday night around the traps with any updated news and information um, from the week that was. Have a good night, everybody. Cheers. Cheers, boys. See you guys.